Hi, this is Mike Singletary, former Chicago Bear, Hall of Famer. You're listening to my friend Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, GM at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid because we are doing everything we can to keep our dealership clean and offering delivery services to minimize exposure. We've also opened a helpline for assistance of any kind, including grocery or medication pickup. Please call our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com to learn more. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061, the show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 1061. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Sports King. We thank you for joining us around the world and around the United States of America, the greatest land anywhere. And folks, I heard Big Al on the show previous to mine on Sports Phone with Big Al, 8 to 10 live, uh, pontificating about the possibility of. Um, an antidote to the virus, uh, the folks in Oxford uh, working on this, uh, injecting monkeys that have been tested for some 28 days and are waiting to see if this uh, is going to take effect. And they're having positive results, fingers crossed. Everybody's hoping and praying that they do find the, uh, the cure quickly, as quickly as possible. But I can say this, I saw it was kind of dismaying to read this, article that uh, people were talking about maybe somebody from a foreign land would discover the cure before somebody here in the United States. And I'm thinking to myself, folks, this is one of those things that it doesn't matter. I mean, sure, it'd be great if it came here, but it doesn't matter where it comes from as long as it comes. And I want to give a ticker tape parade to whoever the group is that comes up with it first, because you're talking about trying to get us back to life as we knew it. And so I applaud all of you folks out there and that's something that uh, we're definitely hopeful for sooner rather than later to get back on track. want to thank uh, folks on Facebook Live as well as Sports 1061 tuning in to us today. Of course, Barry Tom Woods, big ca- um, Cavalier fan, uh, wants us to get Bronco Mendenhall on. We're working on that as we speak. Uh, Michael Slagle, um, Kevin Brown, and company watching. And we're going to turn our attention now to the NFL draft. He is our NFL insider. He also a writer for Pro Football Network. He covers the Texas A&M Aggies, and uh, the guy knows football like very few. He is Cole Thompson from Texas, joining us now on the sports phone with uh, uh, a lot of information about this draft, Cole. There's a lot of things and a lot of moving parts. Of course, uh, recently, Jameis Winston 
uh, has just signed with New Orleans. And when you look at this signing, it kind of is a head-scratcher for me because I thought with Teddy Bridgewater, a guy that I've been high on going to the Carolina Panthers, you would have thought that maybe they said, hey, Drew Brees moving maybe into the broadcast booth next year. It would be a nice transition to Teddy Bridgewater, a guy that's done well in the system, but he is jettisoned off to Carolina for a big payday, and in comes Jameis. Now, my producer Ben Maitland and I have gone round and round about, and Ben calls it good Jameis, bad Jameis, 30 touchdowns last year, 30 interceptions. So the guy is a head-scratcher from a coaching standpoint. You don't know what you're going to get week to week, but the productivity of 5,000-plus yards is there. What's your take on this signing? Do you feel uh, being uh, mentored by Drew Brees, it's got to help him, and hopefully watching him and his practice habits and learning from him, it could elevate him. Do you think this is a turning point in his career, and and what do you uh, think in terms of this move overall? Yeah, morning, Jamie. I like it. I really do. I have no problem with this move. I think that this is a fantastic transition for Winston. You know, the biggest question I have is what went wrong with Bruce Arians, the quarterback whisperer, someone who's helped elevate the careers early of Ben Roethlisberger and Andrew Luck and revitalized careers such as Carson Palmer to where this just didn't work out in Tampa Bay. But I do think the next biggest name to watch for is Drew Brees and what he's been able to do down in the bayou. One of the biggest signings I really liked a few years ago was when the New York Jets traded away Teddy Bridgewater to New Orleans, and it ended up working out beautifully. He only played in five games, but he also led the team to a 5-0 and record and was a very consistent starter. Now is getting paid $63 million by the Carolina Panthers. With Drew Brees more than likely entering either the last year or last two years of his contract, and the team probably wanting to stay afloat. If Winston can learn quickly and have a petty Bridgewater-like resurgence on his own arm, limit the turnovers, start looking at deep balls downfield that are connected instead of contested catches, all those little things added. The Saints might have their franchise quarterback to replace Drew Brees when he steps out of the booth. I think that this was a move that needed to happen, number one, I think this is a move that's very well going to help Winston. An uh, NFC executive said this was the best place he could have landed when it comes to relearning an offense. You put him with Drew Brees, you put him with Sean Payton, I think Winston will succeed this year. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, two great mentors for Jameis Winston. The thing about Bruce Arians, I, I love him as a coach and as a mentor and as a guy that, as you said, quarterback whisperer, for some reason, it just didn't translate to Jameis Winston. As a matter of fact, I watch, as a former coach, I watch body language of players and coaches, and I saw Bruce Arians, when Jameis would walk by him, uh, he had this look on his face at times when he'd walk by after throwing an interception, and Bruce Arians would just kind of look at him like, son, what are, you, what are you doing? It was just kind of an exasperated look all the time. So I really felt there was a disconnect here, and as much effort and time as he put in to try to develop him, for whatever reason, it didn't take uh, – can you put your finger on it? Because it just seems like oil and water, for whatever reason, they could not get together. High productivity from a yardage standpoint, but from a protect-the-ball standpoint, which has been a trademark of some of his offenses, this just didn't work. Yeah, well, I mean, when you are the first 30-for-30 30 30 quarterback, it's not going to show like it does work. But the biggest thing is that when Jason like hired Bruce Arians to come to Tampa – the whole purpose was to correct Jameis Winston. 
The team was not trying to move forward with another quarterback. They were not looking at adding Tom Brady last offseason. They were not looking at going out in the free agent market and adding another guy in the draft. They wanted to make sure Jameis was their guy because of all the intangibles he possesses as a, not just first overall pick, but also as a mid-level starter in the NFL. Unfortunately, by the end of the season, you could tell that Bruce Arians was just not having it with his nonchalant comments about how Jameis was really playing right now. There was never really a positive moment. It was just kind of skating facts, never a, well, here's what we really like about him. It was more so a, well, we already know what the problem is. We know how to fix it. He just doesn't want to fix it. And same thing with Winston on the flip side saying, if I correct the turnovers, I am, you look at my numbers, I am a fantastic quarterback. And that's the reality of it. Winston is a very sound quarterback. You don't throw 5,000 yards this season if you're not. But you also need to become better at your turnover ratio, which is an area where he has struggled not just this year, but his entire career, if you look back, including to his final year in 2014 at Florida State. I believe he had nine uh, nine or ten turnovers that year, just in interceptions alone. So, again, this has been a consistent problem, and it finally hit with Arian saying, I need to go look elsewhere. So do you. This marriage is not going to work. You're listening to Cole Thompson, our NFL insider. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson. He also writes for the Pro Football Network and covers the Texas A&M Aggies as well. Cole, let's turn our attention to Tampa Bay. You've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's there. Of course, Mike Evans. Rob Gronkowski's just been added. Chris Godwin. The pieces are really coming together. They're not done yet. It looks like offensively, uh, Arians has everything he needs pretty much. Of course, they're the running game. They have... uh, pieces oj howard how do you see this happening in terms of tampa i know brady's looking at one maybe two years uh they're building it up to make a run right now they're not waiting and hopefully if the season goes off as planned this tampa team is getting serious contention uh, from everybody uh, and attention from everybody around the league in terms of a team you got to really be wary of and i can just see the shootouts with brady and breeze in that division your take on what's happening down in tampa I mean, on paper, it's great. That's the biggest thing. On paper, it looks fantastic, and I really love their draft overhaul as well. They got another standout player on the offensive line in Tristan Wirfs. I ranked him as my top right tackle, and that's exactly where he will play in Tampa Bay. They got my top safety, Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. This is a guy who is a plug-and-play. You can move him to free safety. You can move him to strong safety. He more than likely will play the strong position with Justin Evans coming back in a prove-it year. So that's another great fit because if Evans doesn't succeed his limits, they will probably move him over to free safety instead. I also really like to pick up a Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota. This is a bigger receiver that you can probably move Chris Godwin now inside to the slot. And you finally have your three receiver set that you kind of lost when the Antonio Brown situation was said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to bring in Antonio Brown. And kind of like when they had Adam Humphreys on their roster. The biggest thing is it's just on paper. I need to see results out in the field. Is Rob right. Gronkowski going to be that same 30-year-old tight end that was a monster to guard out in, uh, out, out in Foxborough? Or is he going to be a guy who's just a red zone threat, maybe takes, I don't know, 23 catches a year, scores four times, but besides that, is limited? Is Tom Brady going to continue his development at age 43? Uh, 43? Because of, at the end of last season, even without weapons, 
he was still making mental mistakes that most young quarterbacks make. That's something that worries me a little bit as well. Overall, I do think that the Bucks are definitely a playoff contending team. They're not the NFC South division winning team, but they are an NFC contending winning team. Now, if it all goes well, you should see them in the playoffs the next two years with a chance to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. But if not, I don't know what else you can say except for we made a really tough decision with taking Tom Brady at 42 years old, knowing that his best years were probably behind him, but you put him with everything he wants, it works. And if so, you're going to see Jason Light probably leave that building sooner than Brady or Arians ever will. Well, it looks like, as you said, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers built for the playoffs immediately. Uh, Brady's not going down there to fool around. Uh, Father time not on his side, so he's trying to put something together quickly. Next two years, I agree with you. I think they're going to be in playoff contention, and the team is being built for that short run right now. Let's look at the winners and losers from the NFL draft. Of course, the winners, uh, to me, the one that stood out the most, the Baltimore Ravens. You talk about the rich getting richer, 14-2 and a year ago. League MVP, Lamar Jackson, they come back with an incredible draft. One guy circles out of bouquet, the tackle uh, from uh, Texas A&M, a guy that you've covered. Can you tell me what the Ravens are getting in this guy? Plug and play, 3-4 defensive end. Uh, with the loss of Michael Pierce, I do think that he will be able to play that rotational role early on, build up his repertoire, find a way to – become a reliable run stopper as he is in the pass rush. But when you play him as a five technique, he's a great bull rusher. He has the ability to swat and swim. And to get him at the 79th pick, I believe it was, tremendous value for a guy who definitely can play in multiple schemes and find a way to use his hands to violently get into a backfield. I very much like this kid. This was actually my fourth favorite pick by the Ravens. That's how well of a draft they had on all three days. And I definitely think that I agree with you. When you look at what Eric Acosta has done this offseason, plus with this draft class, watch out. I know Kansas City is in the win now column, but I think Baltimore is going to be the team that is winning longer column with drafts like this. It's interesting you said that because I agree with you a thousand percent. This Baltimore Raven group, if anybody's going to challenge, and I'm telling everybody out there, Anybody going to challenge that Kansas City group? It's this Baltimore group. Fourteen and two a year ago, and yes, they stumbled in the playoffs. Tennessee just caught them on a on a great night and a great performance by Derrick Henry and company. But when you go fourteen and two, and then you hit almost a home run on every one of your draft picks, and I'm telling you what, from Patrick uh, uh, Queen all the way down the LSU linebacker, I mean, this group, and as you said. Uh, John Harbaugh, scouting department, uh, the GM, everybody deserves so much credit. That was my big winner in terms of overall, and I didn't even think it was close in terms of the value they got at every pick. You know, of course, Redskins, I could talk about that in a few minutes, but I thought, you know, I gave him a C other than Chase Young, I thought uh, was just an average draft. Who did you, other than the Ravens, look at in terms of uh, some of the winners that you took away from this past draft? Uh, I'll go with two. I really like the New York Jets draft. I thought that they did a very well, for great job, Joe Douglas, in their first year what they were able to get in value, what they were able to get in players. I very much appreciate that he did not reach in this draft to go out and get that wide receiver number one. Instead, he got his left tackle in the future to protect his quarterback in Sam Darnold with Mekhi Becton, a 6'7 monster who runs a 540 flat. 
at 351 pounds. That is a horrifying thought when you're on the trenches. And then you not only trade back in round two, but you still probably land the best player on the board, at least on my big board, in day two in Denzel Mims, a big speedster with the ability to take the top off of defenses and a touchdown machine in the red zone. Both those picks will help Sam Darnold. I also really like to pick up a Braden Mann, the punter. I very much like to pick up of Ashton Davis. He'll play a roaming cornerback. And also, I do think that Bryce Hall falling to them in the fifth round was a great addition. Finally, I think Denver had a really, really sound draft for their offense. You want to go all in on Drew Locke. I definitely see why. And they exactly did that this year. Jerry Judy, the most polished route runner in the entire draft class. to pair with Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, but you weren't done there. K.J. Hamler, one of the fastest receivers in the class, becomes your vertical threat across the middle. And then Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU. This was a captain. To wear that number 18 number in Baton Rouge is an honor bestowed by their coaches. Now you have an NFL caliber starting center with a national championship pedigree coming to the Mile High City. I very much love exactly what John Elway did this season to better his quarterback. And you look at what other drafts like Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers were doing, you look at what Drew Locke's getting this year. I bet more on Drew Locke becoming more successful this year than Aaron Rodgers, even though he's on a better team. So... Uh, Cole Thompson, our NFL insider, high on Drew Locke in the Denver Broncos with John Elway, what they did out there. I thought they had a good draft. Uh, you know, Locke, I'm just kind of, uh, I'm just not sold on him yet. He could be a great one, but they definitely have put some pieces around him offensively. Uh, of course, uh, Cole Thompson, our NFL insider, you can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson, uh, also covers Texas a Aggies and Pro Football uh, network as a writer there. When you look at the losers in the draft, who lost? For me, I circled a couple teams. One that really was uh, curious to me, the Packers, I thought really missed the boat in so many ways. I didn't think they helped themselves a lot. Uh, Patriots uh, raised some eyebrows and uh, did a few things that were questionable, but they're the Patriots, so you can't really argue with their success and their methodology. But when you look at a lot of the other teams, uh, you know, the Skins I thought were average at best. I didn't think outside of their top pick. Who, in your opinion, the biggest losers in the draft? I mean, I'll start with just the two you mentioned, Green Bay and New England. They both had horrendous drafts, in my opinion, but it's not because of some of the picks they made. I actually very much like the Jordan Love pick as you prepare for the future. This is a guy who I think has all the potential to be the top quarterback in this draft class. You just got to get him in the right system, and you have to have him sit behind a veteran prospect. The only thing that I really don't like is that the way Brett Favre treated Aaron Rodgers, is this going to be a Rodgers love now 2.0 triangle that just does not work because if Rodgers does not want to help out his new mentor, uh, his new mentee. And then, of course, I also very much like the draft of, um, of New England. I thought Kyle Duggar is a very stereotypical New England pick. It makes a lot of sense. They need a strong safety help over the top. This is going to be a guy that's a plug-and-play. But you didn't get a wide receiver. You didn't get a uh, you didn't get a quarterback for the future. And now you're really saying we're going with Jared Stidham, or you have to wait and probably go sign Cam Newton later on down the line because of now Jameis Winston, the guy who I thought was a better fit for Bill Belichick, is now in New Orleans again. Those are two teams that I thought had really rough drafts. I think my third team overall that the, the draft just did not like is Miami. I thought that they nailed their first round pick 
Matua Tungamailoa. Great for them to get a potential 20-year starter to rebuild the franchise. I very much actually like to pick up Noah Ingabahe out of Auburn, but I just don't know where you play him after you paid Xavier Howard and uh, Byron Jones over $124 million between the two over the next five and a half years. I just don't see why you need to add another cornerback. And then again, Austin Jackson. This is a very unproven, untouted offensive tackle who was actually transitioned to the right side of the football for the entire course of his career until this past year up at USC. He is a prospect who, again, they have a ton of concerns. There's a ton of areas where he has to improve. And there were better offensive linemen on the board. I just don't see how you can justifiably take probably the most unpolished tackle with the 18th overall pick. You know, when I looked at players that really raised eyebrows, I received so many texts from Philadelphia fans about the Jalen Hurts pickup. And, you know, I didn't think it was a great pick at that particular point. Um, You know, you and I kind of disagree on the Tua deal. He could be that guy for 20 years. I just don't see the durability in him. Yes, when he's right, he's right. But that uh, remains to be seen how he's going to work out there. But it could be a very good pick, as you said. Jalen Hurts uh, could be a good pick, but I'm just wondering the value there at that position. I didn't think that was a great pick for them. Uh, Your take on that in terms of uh, guys that stood out in terms of questionable-type picks, uh, Hurts among them. Uh, Who really, when you saw a pick other than maybe a Hurts, really had you scratching your head saying, why did this team do that? Uh, Well, for starters, A.J. Dillon by the Green Bay Packers, you need wide receiver help. And it wasn't just because of you needed Aaron Rodgers to get wide receiver help, but you now have your franchise quarterback of the future in Jordan Love. You need to get him receiver help that he's going to have for when he starts his career off. I didn't like that they took another running back and they have two comparable running backs who probably are very well balanced with each other, one a pure runner, one a mix of a pass catcher and runner. So I very much like the addition of both of them. Um, I also really didn't understand why Bryce Hall fell as far as he did. This was a player who I thought was a major steal for the New York Jets because of when you look at him on film, he is a premier cover corner. And you guys know in West Virginia uh, or out in Virginia, he, the former Cavalier was great for Bronco Mander and Hall's team this past year. And while the ankle injury was a concern by some teams, a lot of people that I spoke to said they don't believe that he was falling as fast as he did because of when you look at him on paper, this was a top 75 player on most consensus big boards. So when you look at some of the other cornerbacks taken, when you look at some of the other safeties taken before Hall, it's just a little confusing and you wonder just how long is that ankle injury going to sideline him? And if so, is this just a major bust pick for Joe Douglas? Our special guest, Cole Thompson, of course, writes for Pro Football Network, also covers the Texas A&M Aggies. And, Cole, you have the unique distinction of covering both college and the NFL. So let me ask you this. Uh, What are your sources saying? What are you feeling? What's your take in terms of do you feel we're going to have a college season upcoming as well as NFL? Uh, Do you think it's going to be on time? What form? What's your overall take, and what are you hearing? There really is nothing to hear. I mean, that, that, that's just being blatantly honest, Jamie. I'm not trying to come off without sources here. There's nothing to hear. Until the government kind of makes more of an uphill decision where states are starting able to see themselves open, we'll know more about what could happen next. Now, there are reports that they would like to try and have a season with fans in the stadiums, even if it's limited seating or it's something that isn't going to be 
you know, fully advertised or if, you know, or if they have to do it with just, you know, family and friends in the stadium, but they would like to have a fan base inside the stadium, both the NFL and collegiate level. Unfortunately, until the states start opening and until we start seeing some progress away from everything going on with this situation, it's all just speculation. I do think the NFL will have a better shot of having an NFL season this year, mainly because of they already had the NFL draft. So Roger Goodell does not care about losing fans in the seats as much as he does about losing ratings on the television. And this just proved it was the highest rated draft of the year. So if you can have players who test pot, like who are healthy and can get on the field and you can trust that they're going to be safe out on that field, I do expect the NFL to have some type of season this year with or without fans and media members inside the stadium. All of that could be up for battle later on down the line, but I do expect the NFL to have a better shot at having a season before the college football. Of course, yesterday we had the outstanding former defensive coordinator for the Virginia Tech Hokies, Bud Foster, on our show, and he said that uh, he felt the college football was going to be played. He said in the worst-case scenario, maybe pushed off to the spring, which we're hearing about, so hopefully that's not the case, but he did mention that he felt it would. Uh, before we close out with you, when you look at the totality of the NFL draft, what was the player that you identified that, probably the biggest sleeper that will come from nowhere that basically you feel is going to really light the league up that maybe people aren't really talking about, but they should be. I really like Isaiah Coulter. He was a pick made by the Houston Texans in the fifth round. I very much think that the Rhode Island prospect has all the potential to be that speed threat that literally terrorizes the NFL, kind of like in Deshaun Jackson. He's not that big of a guy. I think he's only stands at five foot 11. So He's more of a quickness with vertical presence than anything else. And when you look at Houston, what they did this past offseason, this is actually a very good move for him, I think, because if he's going to be able to sit and wait and learn behind speedsters like Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller. You can even throw Randall Cobb into the mix with that situation. But Coulter has all the ability, I think, to take the top off of defenders and really make a name for himself thanks to his blazing 40 speed. I do like this pick a lot, and I think that down the line, he could become exactly what the NFL is looking for, with no longer those big-bodied receivers, but more of those speed threats, and could be the actual replacement for DeAndre Hopkins. It's really weird to say, and I never thought I would have to say it until Hopkins retired, but I do think that he can be an element to Deshaun Watson's game that makes Houston still a reliable contender maybe two or three years down the line. And conversely, when you look at the player that you think is going to stand out, what is the the, the name of the player that you feel maybe received too much hype that you think maybe the scouts got it wrong on uh, maybe a, a high pick or mid-round pick? Somebody that you said, what are they thinking here? What's that one guy maybe that some teams you think missed out in terms of their evaluation? I don't think they missed out. I just think that they went with the guy because of they want to find success. And I, I know it's going to be weird, but Joe Burrow, I, I'm sorry, it's Joe Burrow. When I look at him on film, Cole. he's the most NFL-ready quarterback out there. You know? I love Cole Thompson. I love Cole Thompson. Yeah, no, uh, sometimes... no he's the most NFL-ready quarterback out there. I have no doubt about that. But what's his feeling? My projection for him is a very similar Matthew Stafford-esque type of player. Very much with the records, very much with the consistency, with the arm, you know, with the arm accuracy, with the success to be a, a standout player for 10, 11 years with the franchise. But how many playoff wins does he get? 
how much do you know fans relate to him and when he starts to kind of dwindle away are they going to turn their back on him kind of like Detroit's done for Stafford what else can you do to build around your franchise quarterback and he goes to a team that's known for not spending money in free agency if you cannot spend money in free agency on an offensive line that could be the reason why your quarterback's getting hurt every season if you can't spend money on a wide receiver to help enhance his skills because the guys you drafted are not producing at that level, and especially if you cannot fix a defense that has always been, I think, Cincinnati's problem in the past decade that kept them back from becoming a very talented franchise when they went to the playoffs five straight years in a row, this is a quarterback who, as great and as many intangibles as he has, there's no guarantee he's going to be any better than a 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight run-of-the-mill quarterback in this draft class. And you don't take a number one pick to be a 8-8 eight and eight guy. You take him to be a 10-6 and, 10 and six guy, an 11-5, a 12-4 at a consistent level with one year or so out of those 15 years. You go 8-8. Eight and eight. I, just, I get it, but now with Joe Brady gone, is Joe Burrow going to regress back to the quarterback that we saw that was worthy of a fifth-round pick, not a number-one overall pick? And is the team going to finally spend some money to build around their franchise quarterback like they never did with Andy Dalton? And it's a shame they never did with Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton was not the problem this past year in Cincinnati. There were so many more. Good rationale. I agree with our NFL insider, Cole Thompson. 95% of the time, this one, I am totally going the other way. I think Burrow is can't miss. I think he's going to have a great career. I think he'll win playoff games and eventually a Super Bowl in Cincinnati. Yes, I believe that can happen. Of course, they have to get people around him. Cole, we're going to put a steak dinner on that one. I think I uh, I really love this kid, and I know your rationale there, and I understand both sides of the coin. Listen, we got to run uh, up against a break. Thank you so much. Uh, be safe down there in Texas. We appreciate your insight. Of course, you can follow Cole at Mr. Cole Thompson. He writes for the Pro Football Network and also covers the Texas A&M Aggies, and he's an insider here on the Sports King Show. Have a great day, Cole, and we will catch up with you soon. Thanks, Jamie, for much for having me. We're going to take a timeout. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Be right back after these messages. Hi, sports fans. This is former Washington Redskins quarterback and Super Bowl 26 MVP, Mark Griffin. You are listening to my favorite sports show, The Sports King, hosted by my great friend, Jamie King, on Sports 1061. Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the podiatry center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts, hard casts. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. 
Welcome back. Heading to the top of the hour, of course. Sports phone with Big Al on before me, 8 to 10 live. Big Al always doing a great job. And, man, what a legend. A Richmond legend. He hates when I say that, but I always say it. He does such a great job. And then I'm on 10 to noon live. And then following me, we head out to Los Angeles, Jim Rome in the jungle. He does an amazing job. The legendary broadcaster, Jim Rome, follows the Sports King Show right here on Sports 1061. And I want to give some shout-outs. Facebook Live, uh, of course, Ricky Cunningham, Gulfport, Mississippi. Um, you've got Tom Woods down in Atlanta and watching a lot of Georgia sports down there. And, of course, a Virginia transplant. We've got a lot of folks uh, saying hello. We thank you from London, England to Sacramento, California, everywhere in between checking in and of course, across central Virginia, of course, looks like it's going to be a nice day today. Weather looks like it's uh, perking up out there and they're talking about a potential vaccine in progress. We certainly hope and pray that's a case and they're testing it now. And hopefully they say maybe by September, they're circling that as a time when it may and underline may be available uh, for us if it's been approved. And we certainly hope so because they're trying to speed this up and want to make sure uh, all these folks that are doing it, uh, it's great that they're doing it, but uh, the big thing is get it right. And they're working very hard around the clock to do so. And we always applaud the uh, folks working in the front line here on the Sports King Show and here at Summit Media. We definitely applaud all of our nurses, doctors, and frontline folks that have worked so hard to make sure Everybody is safe and sound and get the best care anywhere. I do want to let you know uh, some disturbing news. Overnight, we had Chiefs cornerback Rashad Breeland, former Redskin, was arrested on multiple charges in York County on Tuesday. South Carolina Sheriff's officer said Breeland, 28, faces charges of resisting arrest, having alcohol in a motor vehicle with the seal broken, having an open container of beer or wine in a motor vehicle, possession of 28 grams or less of marijuana, or 10 grams of hash and driving without a license. Other than that, everything's good. He explained his side of the story in a pair of tweets saying he had been approached by two guys who threw something in his car. Folks, you can't make this up. So Bashad Breeland sitting in his car, I guess, stoplight, parking lot, and a couple guys threw beer and some uh, weed or hash or whatever into his car, and that's what happened. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So the chief said they were aware of the situation but would have no further comment. Breland's agent, uh, Brad Leshnock, did not return a message requesting comment. Brad's a very smart agent because can you imagine uh, picking up the phone on that one? Hey, uh, your client uh, said that he was parked, and some guys walked by his car and just chucked in some uh, some weed and some open containers of alcohol or wine, and uh, that's what happened. Yeah. Anyway, so Bashad Breeland's going to stand up in court and say that to a judge. We'll see. You how cannot be serious. You cannot be serious. Is exactly right. Four seasons with the Redskins, one with the Green Bay Packers. Breeland joined the Chiefs on a one-year contract as a free agent last season. He started 15 regular season games plus three in the playoffs. Breeland had an interception in the Chiefs Super Bowl victory over San Francisco 49ers. Breeland recently re-signed with the Chiefs on another one-year deal. So. A very good player, 28 years of age, very talented guy. But but come on, folks. Uh, Facebook land, Sports 1061 listening. Imagine this for a minute. You're going to tell a judge and an arresting officer, uh, sir, how did you uh, put down your window? How did you get that uh, marijuana in an open container? And You got it right there? How did that? 
you won't believe this, but I'm sitting here, and these two guys go by, and they chuck the weed and the beverage in here, and I caught them because I've got good hands, of course. And I know my vehicle smells like marijuana, and I know that it's an open container, but I'm telling you, that's what happened. They threw it in on the way by, and I just caught it because I'm a DB. I've got good hands. And uh, they stole his license, too. Thank you, Ricky. They reached in and stole his license. So John Macro said it best. You cannot be serious. Uh, you can't make some of this stuff up, folks. I mean, of all the things you would come up with in that scenario, two guys threw something in your car. Let's go with that. Anyway, I rest my case, Your Honor. So anyway, Rashad Breland's got some work to do on that one. I want to move on. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, folks. I want to move on to the quarterback situation with the Redskins. Alex Smith, of course, I know his uncle, John L. Smith, the great uh, former coach at Michigan State and uh, other places as well. A guy that I have really respected for a number of years, and Alex Smith is a guy that I've uh, been able to follow him through John L. and get to know him a little bit in terms of the type of person he is. But, folks, I'm here to tell you right now, if you have a chance, there's an E60 report coming up on Alex Smith. Alex Smith, and I'm just going to tell you as straight as possible, he nearly lost his leg, and he nearly lost his life. In the documentary on Alex Smith, the doctors had unwrapped his leg, and folks, I'm, if you're squeamish, don't even look at it. But his leg, after a surgery, was infected to the point where it was as black as my shirt. And if you're watching on Facebook Live, you get that. But just the color black, it was absolutely black and ashen. And I looked away. It was cringeworthy to watch. And it wasn't in just a little minor area. This was from the knee down to about the ankle. It was entirely black. And it looked to me like it would have to be removed. And they were talking about a life-saving efforts at that point. First, leg-saving at a secondary option. So they were looking at it and saying, this is bad. I mean, they went into life-saving mode. 17 surgeries later, Alex Smith is on the mend. He's walking, he's working out, and he's looking at a potential return to the NFL. I admire Alex Smith as a player. I liked him. He had the Redskins on an upward trajectory when he was playing. So he did some really good things. Got a beautiful wife, beautiful family, and I'm pulling for him to make the right decision. I know an athlete wants to compete and walk out on their terms, but I implore him to sit down with his family, relook at those pictures of his leg and how close he came to not only losing his life, but his leg, and saying, you know what? I've got, you know, I'm a handsome guy. I've got very smart. I've got the intangibles to have a great broadcasting career. I'm going to go up in the booth and go to that next level of my career to come back to play. While many people say, wow, what a great comeback story and all that. And, and if that's what he wants to do, I certainly can't stop him. But if he was a relative of mine and he asked me an opinion and I'm just from a radio host standpoint saying this, there's no way. Uh, his injury in the road back, uh, to risk that again, to be hit the wrong way, because when you're in the NFL, 
it's not the guys you always see coming at you as a quarterback you have to worry about. It's the guys maybe behind you. Or how many times have you seen an offensive lineman push a guy and then another guy trips over somebody and falls into somebody and their leg takes a hit in an awkward fashion? That's what worries me. Not the incoming that he sees. It's the incoming that's unseen that could prove to be to his detriment. So if you watch this or see this or Google any of the pictures of Alex Smith and what he went through, just unbelievable. And I can't believe the comeback he's had to this point. It's a credit to him. But I'm hoping that, you know, he and his family sit down and they make another decision. But if he comes back, he comes back. And some people say, hey, would he be considered in the Redskin mix right now? Well, if he's 100% Alex Smith of old, he definitely could be. And uh, Tom Woods mentioned from Atlanta on Facebook Live, they should groom him as a front office guy, uh, maybe uh, a guy that could really help in the scouting department, something like that. But he can have a great career as a broadcaster. But you are looking at a situation where the look on his wife's face and the horror in the doctor's faces when they saw his leg after it got unwrapped was basically one of, you know, uh, we didn't know it was so touch and go in terms of whether he would make it or not. So to come back now to a game of football that is so, so violent in so many ways, you know, I just don't understand in terms of uh, the thought process there. But we wish him well. We want him to come back. But, uh, you know, I from a Redskins standpoint, if he played, it would be great. But then again, I'd be too worried about him from an injury standpoint. I just don't think the reward is worth the risk, in my opinion. So uh, that's my take on the Alex Smith situation. What's your take? 804-327-0888 is the number. 804-327-0888 is the number. And, of course, uh, as Cole uh, Thompson mentioned moments ago, as our special guest on the Sports King Show, our NFL insider, we talked about the one-year deal that Jameis Winston, the quarterback, uh, formerly of Tampa Bay, has signed with the New Orleans Saints. One-year deal was reached on Tuesday. The deal has a base salary of $1.1 million, uh, told to ESPN's Field Yates, with a salary of 952000 signing bonus of 148000 Winston can earn up to $3.4 million in incentive. Now, as Cole said, and Ben Maitland, my outstanding producer, always says, uh, whenever we talk about Winston, Good Winston, bad Winston, good Jameis, bad Winston. I mean, Jameis is a guy that just leaves you scratching your head. You see him make throws and make plays, and you're like, man, that's amazing. And then you see him do things, and you're like, what are you thinking? And I've had people call me that have put a lot of money on him in ball games, and I say, why are you doing that? Because the guy is just so unsteady, so uncertain. You're investing money and betting on a guy that you're so unsure about. And Jameis Winston, um, you know, you don't know week to week, play to play, what you're going to get. He can make the incredible throw, the incredible run. He's a competitor, 5,000 yards, 5,109. But then the 30 interceptions, that's the rub for me. You know, as a coach, I want a guy that protects the football. I can't have you on the field if we can't protect the football. Now, you take Tom Brady, bring him into the mix, and you got a guy that knows how to protect the football. So that's why... Bruce Arians, the head coach, is dancing a jig down there because he's seeing a team that's not going to move and protect the football. And Bruce Arians has had his greatest success with quarterbacks that have protected the football. So, uh, you know, Drew Brees is looking at this and saying, hey, I'm excited to have Winston in the quarterback room. He's got a lot of talent. He's a bright uh, guy with a bright future. I've heard a lot of good things about his work ethic and love his game. 
so Winston is expected to split backup duties with Taysom Hill, who just received a $21 million contract. Oh, by the way, Taysom Hill is a guy that wants to be considered as a quarterback and a potential starting quarterback. So, of course, he's that Swiss Army knife, a guy that can do so many things. But it looks like Drew Brees is on his way out. So then that leaves you the question of, will it be Taysom Hill as Aaron Parent, or will it be Jameis Winston? Uh, the guy that, and I'm scratching my head on this one because I was a Teddy Bridgewater fan, not so much with the Vikings, but with the Saints, I felt he finally got with Sean Payton and a coach that really could bring the best out in him. What did he do? He went 5-0 and as a starter for the Saints last season when Breeze was sidelined with that thumb injury, and he landed a lucrative deal in free agency to become the Carolina Panthers' new starter with head coach uh, Matt Rule. Now, Rule has the guy he wants at quarterback, Christian McCaffrey. They're getting better there. That Carolina team, make no mistake, is on the rise. And I just want to let you know that. I think Rule is going to help them get better. So the big signing yesterday, Jameis Winston, uh, is headed now with Tom. Uh, Tom, uh, It's going to be uh, Drew Brees' situation in New Orleans. Uh, Tom Brady, of course, uh, is going to... In his situation, he is really ready to rip it for Tampa Bay. You're just hearing things out of Tampa. Uh, I'm getting texts left and right, but they're asking about tickets. Folks, I wish I could help you with tickets on the Tampa situation. Maybe Ben Maitland can do it. I can't do it. But uh, we're going to take a timeout. But the ticket office in Tampa is going crazy, and they say if you don't get it quick, you're not going to get it. So Jameis on his way to New Orleans and Tom Brady sitting there waiting for the sellout at Raymond James. It's on its way. So if you're in Tampa area right now listening, Better get on that phone today, and it is going quick. You're listening to Sports King. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Kurt Gouveia, number 54, Washington Redskins. You're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, GM at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid because we are doing everything we can to keep our dealership clean and offering delivery services to minimize exposure. We've also opened a helpline for assistance of any kind, including grocery or medication pickup. Please call our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com to learn more. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. And welcome back, everyone. Wednesday edition of the Sports King alongside Ben Maitland. I'm the Sports King, Jamie King, and we've got you on Facebook Live. Hello, Facebook Live. We've got you on Sports 1061. And we've only got a couple minutes to the top of the hour break. Don't forget Jim Rome following me from Los Angeles, immediately following the Sports King program here on Sports 106.1. And my producer, Ben Maitland, who, of course, he of the breaking news stories, we're not going to get into it now too much, but 
He's a big Coors fan. And Coors Light, he loves his beverages. And Coors Light is giving away a ton of beer. We're going to talk about that coming up. You don't miss that. I mean, the free beer. I mean, who is, uh, and I see a picture of a lady online that uh, she has a sign that says, you know, everybody wants paper products and uh, paper towels. And she has a big sign on her door saying, I need more beer. So there you go. We're going to find out how that's going to happen. I want to let you know a couple birthdays out there, celebrity birthdays we'd like to mention. How about Willie Nelson, of course, uh, on the road again? Well, he's been on the road for a long time, 87 years old today. And was it Willie Nelson that might have thrown the beer into and the weed into Brashad Breeland's car? Could that have? No, maybe not. Then Dale Earnhardt, the legendary number three, of course, uh, would have been 69 years of age today. So, the Intimidator, 69 today, had he made it, of course, uh, passed away tragically on that last lap of Daytona and uh, just a horrific accident. If it had been just a couple inches either way, differently, it may have been a different story. And the one thing I can say, the NASCAR has made major, major strides in terms of protection in terms of the driver since the death of one of the greatest icons in the history of NASCAR. And whether you liked him or whether you didn't, you had to respect him because he was one of those guys, if it's not rubbing, it's not racing, and he gave you everything he had. And I'm telling you what, I've gone on record. Fans uh, of NASCAR, when they have a driver they love, they stay with that guy. And they'll fight for that guy. I mean, they'll say, hey, man, don't talk about my guy. And I'm telling you, Earnhardt fans, Dale Jr., one of those popular guys, of course, annually every year. But Dale Earnhardt Sr., man, you got guys to this day that there's nobody else that ends with Dale Earnhardt in terms of who they love. They won't get off of him and say, hey, that was my guy. I'm not going to watch anymore. He'll always be my favorite. And uh, rightfully so. He was just a legend. Also, one final note, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler. Splitsville, they're done. Divorcing after 10 years of marriage. Of course, Jay, Jay Cutler, I've gone on record, that guy just looks like a guy doesn't care much about much. But anyway, so she's on the... Uh, on the prowl now, she can remarry or redate, and uh, we'll talk about much more. But free beer around the corner, right at the top of the hour. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Joe Theismann, and you're listening to The Sports King with Jamie King. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we're in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid. Because now is an opportunity to do something heroic. We realize that this is the time to organize a blood drive, help our elderly neighbors with groceries, and assist local nonprofits. And that's exactly what CMA's Colonial Honda is doing. In fact, we set up a helpline to assist people in our community in any way that we can. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, you can reach our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Again, our CMA helpline is 434-220-8885. And of course, if you're in need of any automotive help, we are taking extra precautions to keep our dealership clean. To learn more, visit CMA's ColonialHonda.com. We applaud you for helping one another during this time. You have inspired us to do the same. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Sports King Nation, want to take part in the show? Here's your chance to call the studio line. 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. 
Welcome back. Loving the music, Ben Maitland. Great job behind the glass, as always. My outstanding producer. And some good news for Ben Maitland. He a fan, of course. Of course, the Sports King took care of him over the holidays. Did I get any applause for that? I should have because I went to great lengths to make sure that my producer had plenty of... Thank you. Thank you. Had to make sure my producer had plenty of pores light in his stocking, and he did, and he appreciated it. Giggity. And uh, in (laughs) in these sucky times, Coors Light is now offering free beers in Ben Maitland. I haven't seen him this excited since uh, the last opening day of Major League Baseball. Go Tigers! Uh, (laughs) Thank you. You got me choking on that one. Anyway, Coors Light fans, Ben, across the country, owe a special thanks to Miss Olive Veronese. And I need to get Olive on the show because you need to profess your love to her. She's 93 years young. And she went from a quarantine hero to a star actor now for Coors Light. What did she do? Well, the 93-year-old Pennsylvania, man, I love Pennsylvania people. They are so wonderful, was photographed holding up a sign that said, I need more beer. Her image quickly circulated the globe. Coors Light sent her 10 free cases of beer. But her impact didn't end there. She's now motivated Coors Light and the agency DDB to offer free beer for any American, including Ben Maitland, who deserves a six-pack. In a new spot that tosses aside talk of these uncertain times, Coors Light instead acknowledges that these are, in fact, sucky times that call for a beer. And boy, I could not agree more. Ben Maitland is now going to play the commercial Uh, and you'll get to actually hear about uh, this big promotion. Hit it, Ben. Fighting a revolutionary war can be sucky, but do you know how George Washington kept his troops motivated? He made sure his men had beer. How about the Great Depression? Turns out that was pretty sucky, too. But you know what they did? They called for an end to prohibition. Did it solve anything? (laughs) Of course not. But it did help them press on, which brings us to today. Sucky, suck, suck, suckiness of historical proportions. Now, we know this won't fix it, but how about some beer? Go to at Coors Light on Twitter and tell us who could use a six-pack and we'll buy them one. Because if history's taught us anything, it's that sometimes we could all just use a beer. It's in the hole! I'm going to tell you this right now, folks, that heard that commercial. I want you to please go to Coors Light and nominate my outstanding producer, Ben Maitland. Let's get this guy some cases sent to his house. Me and Big Al, we have our duty as well to make sure this guy has plenty in this terrible time. And how great a agency DDB is for this great uh, presentation and commercial stating that George Washington, of course, uh, did so well in the wartime era due to giving his, his guys beer. Uh, Coors Light, I guess, was the beer that George handed out at that time, I guess. Yes, how could he defeat the Redcoats without Coors Light? Who knew? Anyway, uh, Coors is saying now that this is just a sucky time. It sucks for everybody, and it sucks differently for everybody. The spot that uh, Ben played uh, talks about the long tradition of showing beer's role in great moments of U.S. history, the Revolutionary War, the Great Depression, etc., but then uh, talks about uh, how beer didn't really uh, 
some folks that say beer didn't contribute as much beyond making things more tolerable, but it looks to me like they really hit a home run here. And uh, so Chorus is now giving away free beer. All you have to do is go to hashtag could use a beer promotion, encouraging fans to nominate a friend or loved one who deserves a free six pack and a unique code will be provided for the participant to give as a gift of sorts to a deserving friend. Technically, yes, you can use the code for yourself. Now, something tells me, Ben Maitland, I can honestly say I don't know how he does on his taxes, if he ever fudges his taxes, but I can tell you this, knowing Ben Maitland, my producer, as much as I know him, he will technically use this code for himself. I can pretty much guarantee that. So the promotion will max out once 500,000 beers have been given away by Coors. Uh, while a DDB has been considering a similar campaign for a while, the creative team fully credits, of course, this young lady, 93 years old. we got to get her on the show. Olive Veranosi, 93 years young, put up a sign saying, I need more beer, and she, she gets 10 cases sent her way. So you out there listening and watching on Facebook can get free beer sent to your home while supplies less, 500,000 beers have been given, will be given away during this course commercial. And I can guarantee you, as we come out of this uh, coronavirus, that it will be uh, Olive Veronosi from Seminole, Pennsylvania, who will become a star because uh, she held up a sign. Most people were talking about, I need uh, paper towels, I need toilet paper, I need food, I need whatever. She needed more beer. And she got 10 cases delivered right to her house. So, uh, great promotion, and if you want to promote uh, Ben Maitland and get him some cases, please do so. Go to the Coors website, but they had a great commercial and a very fun, fun commercial that's going to be very successful, and I guarantee the 500,000 uh, beers will be handed out very quickly. So if you're interested in beers for yourself or for anybody you know and love, please go to the Coors website, and we're talking about it now, so they're already getting maximum exposure for this great campaign and who knew, just holding up a sign. Um, so I wonder, Ben, if you, being a single guy, held up a sign stating, I need the Hawaiian Tropic models, if that would work. I don't know if it would, Jamie. Okay. <laughs> just just a hunch. Just, just saying. I mean, you know, you're I mean, a single guy. Or, you know, or I, I need a beautiful, a beautiful blonde or something like that. If somebody out there in dating land would take as much excitement with that as they took with all of them. I can, I, <laughs> I can guarantee it would go over a lot better than it did for Lloyd and... And Harry and Dumb and Dumber uh, with yeah, the Hawaiian yeah, exactly. Girls, to be honest with you. I remember that. I remember the Dumb Look, and Dumber uh, at the very end of the movie when they said, uh, you know, go down this way, and they didn't get on the bus, and, of course, that was Dumb and Dumber. Look, uh, yeah, you uh, just, we just got to keep our eyes open. Our chance will come along sooner or later. Um, absolutely. That lady in Pennsylvania, Olive is my new hero, man. I saw that story, I want to say maybe two weeks ago, and, and I know we didn't really talk about it when it first broke and, and are now talking about it today. She is really a hero to to everyone i think i mean Coors light the elixir of life who's to argue against that by the now way see, i thought that voice sounded familiar it is actor paul giamatti who voiced the uh, could use a beer ad that we just played so okay it so it's familiar, actor it's paul giamatti yep actor paul giamatti who actually did the voice over for the commercial great actor by the way and the ben maitland said that olive is now his new hero of course many of us grew up with the likes of uh, the Joe Theismans and the Cal Ripken Juniors and uh, some of the great players. But Ben says it's a 93-year-old young lady from Pennsylvania that he is uh, admiring so much because of the fact that she has... At uh, least she's honest, you know. I mean, <laughs> cases of seriously. cores. So, Ben, I can, I can see it now. 
I can see the deliveries coming to your house uh, in mass. My, you're uh, looking forward to that. My Twitter account is at Ben underscore Maitland, by the way, for anybody who wants to tag me for, for a six-pack. He said Feel his free. Twitter account is at Ben underscore Maitland, M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D, if you want to nominate Ben. There we go. Had to get so, out, that out there. But the sad part about Ben is if he gets as much as we think he might, he may not make it to work. So that's what we're worried about there. Uh, of course, the story at top of the hour on the Sports King show, you heard about the Bashad Breland, of course, was arrested yesterday. And uh, he was found to have an open container of beer or wine in his vehicle and uh, some weed. He was uh, puffing on the Chiba in the vehicle, allegedly. But when the police asked him to step outside and asked him where the weed and where the beverages came from, he said that two guys walked by the car and they just threw it in. You can't make it up. And he caught it. And I guess he just had it in his hand. And the officer said, what are you doing with that? And he said, hey, these two guys came by, threw it in. I wonder if that worked in, like, bank robbery. You know, what are you doing with that money? Well, <laughs> these guys ran down. They had masks, and they just threw the money in my car. And that's how it happened. I don't know if that would work, but Bashad Breeland is sticking to that story. I do want to let you know on a Major League Baseball front, and hello, Lucy Brown, Ocala, Florida. Hello, uh, Dustin Buckley, hello. Great tight end, Dustin Buckley. Chris Basha, outstanding offensive coordinator, hello. Maryland. Uh, so we've been covered today by London, England, Sacramento, California, Ocala, Florida, uh, Gulfport, Mississippi, and we are spanning the globe, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking the time to watch and listen to Sports King. We do know that Major League Baseball is talking about a scenario, and they're optimistic this week that the season will start. Listen to this, folks. Something to hang our hat on. In late June, no later than July 2nd, so maybe this 4th of July, we may have baseball in our future. Can we imagine that? They're talking about playing at least 100 regular season games. This is from Bob Nightingale from USA Today, and Ben says he's usually right on the money, so we're going to take him at his word. Uh, 100 regular season games may be played according to three executives with knowledge of the talks. They requested anonymity because the plan is still under consideration. I hate the anonymity part because they don't want to stand behind it, so they're just throwing it out there. Anyway, uh, baseball will be played, but it will be played in the Major League ballparks with no fans, as we've talked about before. Major League Baseball is considering a three-division, 10-team plan in which teams play only within their division a concept which is gaining support among owners and executives. It would abolish the traditional American and National Leagues and realign the divisions based on geography. The plan is pending approval of medical experts uh, that are providing COVID-19 testing and hoping it's available to the public, which would eliminate the need for players to be in isolation, allow them to play their home games at ballparks while severely reducing travel. The divisions would keep many of the natural rivals together while playing one another before an expanded playoff format. Here's a look at the possible realignment structure of Major League Baseball. It would be in the East, the Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles, Phillies, Pittsburgh Pirates, Toronto Blue Jays, Tampa Bay Rays, Miami Marlins. In the West, the Dodgers, Angels, Giants, Athletics, Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers, the Houston Asterisks, and the Seattle Mariners. In the Central, it would be Chicago Cubs and White Sox, Milwaukee Brewers, St. Louis Cardinals, Kansas City Royals, Cincinnati Reds, Cleveland Indians, Minnesota Twins, Atlanta Braves, and Detroit Tigers. It's too early to see if this is going to work yet, but they're saying that they could squeeze in 100 to 110 games and perhaps even have several 
thousand fans in attendance before or during the playoffs. So, you know, they're optimistic about this. What's your take on this? 804-327-0888 is the number. 804-327-0888 is the number. Are you for this? Are you against this? You know, my take is, you know, it's almost like uh, strange times and strange uh, situations are occurring and we're trying to adapt as best we can. Yes, we want sports to return, but do you take sports and the purity of sports and what we know and have come to love and change it now, totally turn it upside down and give us a new look? And it's like NASCAR. Uh, I've never been the biggest NASCAR fan in the world, but I remember watching NASCAR and seeing the races and next thing you know, um, I needed help. Uh, somebody explained to me, well, if this guy finishes first and this one, but finishes third and this one, and then the number system here and there. And it was so confusing that I was like, who wins the race, this race and this race and this race, the point system and this and that, it just got to be too much. Yeah, just trying to change it too much. And uh, something to be said about the purity of sports. I know some people say, well, you know, you need to mix it up. You need to make it different. But sometimes, Things are best left as they are. You know, we've come to enjoy the national pastime as it is, but right now I understand getting back to playing would be great. But to realign these divisions and three divisions like that, I don't know. I mean, what's your take? 804-327-0888, do you think we should do it? I mean, I want to see baseball, but I don't know if I want to see it in this form or not. It's, uh, you know, the travel is going to be something. uh, It's going to be cut down, and, of course, uh, I guess – for the initial periods, people are going to get tested in terms of their uh, antibodies and their forehead in terms of checking whether or not they have the temperature or not. And here's the other thing that's confusing about this virus. What applies today may not apply tomorrow and may not apply the next day. And so I, I've heard so many reports about, well, if you're negative today and you're negative tomorrow and you go out and you touch a, an orange or an apple or something or you get it from another thing, the third day you could possibly have it where you didn't have it the first two days. So I know there's a lot of information out there is being passed along. We're not scientists here, we're just sports guys, but I'm going to tell you, uh, you hear so much information and disinformation that you're trying to weed through it and find out what is really real and what you can hang your hat on. And so many people are talking about, uh, I saw a funny video for a guy from Philadelphia that went in to uh, get a beer. And he said, oh, my, he's an older gentleman. He's talking about, I just went and got a beer. And I come out, I got to wipe the beer off. It would wipe the beer can off. Then I got to wipe, take the gloves off. Then I got to wipe off my steering wheel. He said, is it worth it? He started screaming. But it's one of those things where, uh, you you have to laugh just to keep your sanity because there's so many changes going on and we're all hanging on hoping that somebody gives us an all clear very soon. And, of course, we talked throughout the program about the Oxford uh, testing they're talking about on some rhesus monkeys. Uh, they're trying to actually, uh, some people have said they'd have injected them with the COVID-19 and in some cases 28 days have passed without any type of uh, uh, action where you can see them uh, falling back into the virus to where it's affected them. It looks like they're all clear for 28 days. They're waiting for more to see if they are going to stay healthy and remain healthy. We are hoping and praying that's the case. It's only one major test, but it is a test, and we hope that it comes through. They're saying that if everything was to go as planned, that by September potentially we could have a vaccine. And, man, oh, man, would that be Uh, Such welcome news for folks to be able to rejoice. And I can see people dancing in the streets just to get back to life. 
And I promise you this, I know that I've talked about the attitude of gratitude. I know for a fact I appreciate more than ever. And I've always tried to appreciate things in my daily life, every day. I don't care what it is, whatever small gesture from holding the door to a stick of gum. I've always been appreciative, and, and I really uh, mean that. But I'm telling you right now, when I look at the little things every day, from the UPS driver that drops something off, or the FedEx guy, or the mail carrier, or the people that uh, I have family, my daughter stocking shelves and, and managing grocery stores, and people that are there working double shifts to make sure we have the groceries we need. The truck drivers are going coast to coast in some cases, driving double shifts to try to deliver the absolute best uh, in terms of uh, products. And you hear about uh, some people that might be complaining about it because we don't have enough of this or we don't have enough of that. But as I said in the Attitude of Gratitude, just remember, folks, people are doing their best. And uh, while many of us are hunkered down at home, many people are out there doing their best to deliver and get the stuff to us so we can enjoy it. And that's one thing about it is you may not have everything you have, but there's so many people out there that don't have anything. So as we talk about perspective, think about the folks out there that really are struggling. You'll see some news reports with folks that are uh, in situations where food uh, supply is short and they're trying to get food and we're trying to work through those issues right now. So uh, just if you can and you're able to, we talk about uh, if you have any extra food and you have a neighbor, you could check on and drop off maybe an extra piece of pie or an extra part of your dinner or uh, an extra sandwich. Um, please do that. If you have any extra paper supplies and you can afford to donate something to a neighbor, please do that. Check on your veterans. Uh, I read very Sadly, today, that there is a home of veterans with 80 uh, veterans that have perished uh, due to the COVID-19 recently, and that's just heartbreaking. I mean, you've got the folks that without them, we can't, I can't do this show. You can't do what you're doing in your life without the veterans that have proudly fought for our freedoms and the fact that 80 passed away in this uh, home filled with uh, veterans. Uh, just heartbreaking news there that it really swept through. Uh, a home for uh, our nation's best. And we really send our condolences to their families as, uh, you know, well over 50,000 people now. And you think about it, somebody called me yesterday and said, you know, it's not just uh, a number and you almost get immune to the number. When you look at the numbers, you'll say to yourself, well, you know, 50,000, 55. And because maybe you're in an area that's not as hard hit, it's hard to sink in sometimes. But when you think about 50,000 plus folks, well over 55,000 now, that are so affected as we've heard so many people in leadership talk about one is too many. But when you think about the lives affected, uh, the families, the friends, the grandfathers, the grandmothers, the sisters, the cousins, the brothers, Sebastian Telfair, one of the great young basketball players from years ago, I read that his mother passed away from COVID-19 and his brother. Uh, both. So, I mean, you look at the different situations and you just, your heart really uh, uh, feels it in terms of uh, you, you're, you're helpless. You sit home and you're hoping, you're praying and pulling. And I'm the biggest cheerleader in the world because I just want whoever uh, can come up with a solution to do so. And these folks on the front line, you hear about New York at night, they open the windows and they openly cheer the frontline workers coming out of the hospital. I think it's so beautiful. And you hear about the celebrations of, uh, you know, screaming the names and yelling and cheering and saying thank you. Uh, the attitude of gratitude goes everywhere. And you can be a hero, too, every day, uh, lifting people up who try to do that here on the show. 
every day and uh, thank your frontline people. Thank your delivery people. Thank your mail carriers. All these folks are, are doing things that uh, they're not comfortable with and handling things maybe they're not comfortable with, but they go out every day to try to get us things. And when you see that Amazon package or that FedEx package or UPS package, these guys are really uh, and gals are really working so hard to get things to us that uh, sometimes a little bit of appreciation goes a long way. Uh, whether you hand a little card to them or maybe hold up a sign or just yell to them and thank them. Uh, they get back in their vehicle and say, you know what, uh, I'm putting myself at risk here, but these people here really appreciate me on my route, and it means the world. And uh, the folks out there, you know, saw a guy the other day delivering gas. I mean, just yelled, hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate you doing this. And these truckers that are going coast to coast in many cases have really, uh, without them, you know, you think about it, truck drivers are the core of, of everything. If you don't have them delivering uh, the farmer's products and the products that are out there, we don't survive. So you got to just think beneath the surface sometimes and really look at the people that are so essential. And you talk about the frontline people. You can't live without the doctors and nurses, EMTs, and the people out there um, that are doing the things. Then you look at the people that are cleaning the offices and cleaning the uh, the rooms there, the, uh, the housekeeping people at the hospitals. They keep things clean. They're reproducing things and helping Make sure that the next surgery, the next the room will be spotless. And they've got to put a lot of time into. So everybody associated with the hospital administration on down is working tirelessly to make sure that everybody is safe. And I've been out uh, a very few times. And when I have, uh, if I go to a food place or something to pick something up, um, you know, of course, now people are just handing out uh, something. You can put your credit card in. I'm noticing money's not being uh, handled that much, mostly cards. And uh, very little exchange at all. Uh, most people are adhering to the net, the mask and the glove situation. And so, uh, you know, I think Americans have done amazingly well. Now, there's certain parts of the country that, you know, haven't been adhering to things as much as others. And we certainly hope that nobody's been put at risk. We worry about that. But uh, just every day, do your part. Look out for one another. And, of course, the other thing is the Red Cross. I've been preaching about that as well to let you know that if you can contact the Red Cross and you can uh, in any way donate blood, uh, we're in short supply, so we definitely want to do that and answer the call because your blood donation will save lives as well. We're going to take a time out. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Follow on Facebook Live. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Joe Beninati. You're listening to the Sports King, Jamie King on Sports 1061. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, GM at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid because we are doing everything we can to keep our dealership clean and offering delivery services to minimize exposure. We've also opened a helpline for assistance of any kind, including grocery or medication pickup. Please call our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com to learn more. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. You're listening to a man whose future is so bright, he's got to wear shades. The Sports King on Sports 106.1. And welcome back, everyone. Wednesday edition, the 29th day of the month already. And I tell you what, this has been a month to forget in terms of uh, everything we've gone through. No sports, of course, the great escape. We've missed sports more than you can ever imagine. But 
Hopefully it will be back soon. Something will be back soon. We saw the NFL draft, and we talked to Cole Thompson, our NFL insider, our special guest in the first hour on the Sports King Show, talking about the winners and losers of the draft. So we went through that, and we talked about the big cores giveaway. Uh, can't uh, forget about that. Ben Madeline has been uh, uh, chomping at the bit. And, uh, Ben, I heard the message I just got from the cores. People said you can only nominate yourself uh once so stop doing it Ben. one time is all i'll need jamie trust me ben says one time is all he needs anyway uh want to let you know uh interesting uh, of course the last dance the show with uh, michael jordan a documentary on espn this past weekend episodes three and four aired and it's must-see tv if you haven't seen it you have to watch it to watch the mastery of phil jackson and those chicago bulls of course their last season entitled the last dance where they won a world title uh, the interesting part came about today. Uh, Dennis Rodman's son, DJ, who watched The Last Dance, uh, basically said, the one thing I didn't know about in regards to my dad was the vacation. He said, I didn't know you could go up to your coach and say, I need a vacation. Well, DJ, most people can't go up to their coach and say, I need a vacation. He said, I knew everything else, but I did not know that. I didn't know you could go that uh, route in terms of talking to your coach and say, hey, I need to get away. Could you imagine finding out that Michael Jordan had to hunt your dad down in Vegas with Carmen Electra in a hotel room? I mean, this is a story that Dennis had to talk to his son about. So as the story goes, Dennis Rodman, of course, eccentric beyond words, a uh, little nutty, a uh, little wild, of course, uh, well, a lot wild, actually. He of the multiple hairstyles, hair colors, piercings, I mean, pretty much been there, done that with Dennis Rodman. Okay, so people can look at Rodman, and a lot of people are like, well, that guy's crazy. He's just nuts. He's this thing. He's... I've always gone on record. Dennis Rodman, who was an uh, introvert at the core, uh, came up as an introvert, very quiet person. When people don't know about him is when he's not doing the branding aspect of really putting himself out there, which he did magnificently in terms of branding himself. He was a quiet guy at the core, but when he let loose, he let loose. And here's the deal. Rodman was not crazy, folks. Rodman was crazy like a fox. He was intelligent beyond words. He would sit and watch, and it shows in the documentary, but I heard people back in the day talking about him, the way he studied, the way rebounds would come off and where he positioned his body. And if you ever watch Dennis Rodman, he's like a pogo stick. He could get up quicker than most people around him. And he always knew where to position himself. He knew how to get to the ball where other people didn't. So when you look at Dennis Rodman and say, well, you know, he was so odd. He was this and that. Yeah, he wore different colored fingernails, different color hair. He did wild things, partied and did all that. But folks, when it came time to play, you wanted Dennis Rodman in the lineup because if you're a team in need of rebounding, this guy was in a league by himself. I mean, going to the Hall of Fame, you're talking about a guy that was masterful in the art of rebounding. Take away everything else he did, and he was wild. But can you think about him going to Phil Jackson and saying, you know what, in the middle of a season, last championship run, I need a vacation? It was Michael Jordan that looked at Phil Jackson because Jackson went to Jordan and told him, what do you think about us doing this, giving him time off? And Jordan said, look, if anybody deserves a vacation, it's me, not Rodman. So anyway, Rodman gets his vacation, 
and it was supposed to be for 48 hours. And I laughed and laughed and laughed when I saw Jordan tell Jackson, this guy's not coming back in 48 hours. Just not going to happen. Jordan knew what the score was. He knew what Rodman was going to do. So it was days on end for him to come back. It was Jordan that went to the hotel room and pulled Rodman out of it and brought him to practice. And if you watch the video of that particular practice, it was Rodman showing up with pajama pants and slippers on. And basically Jordan did everything he could to get him back in the fold. But Rodman came back reluctantly. But he did come back, and the Bulls went on to win. But can you imagine, in today's day and age, any athlete or you working at home or working for a boss somewhere, going up and just saying to your boss, you know, I need a vacation, I'm going to take one now, without having it planned out, without really working through it. So you talk about bizarre, but then you look at the mastery of Phil Jackson and, of course, all of the titles that he won. And they call him the Zen master. And, of course, he's a great psychology guy in terms of learning about players. And he and Rodman connected on a level that was unique. And so it was Rodman and Jackson's relationship that I thought was one of the keys to the Bulls' run. He allowed Dennis to be Dennis and didn't put him in a box and basically try to suppress his abilities. He knew he was a little left to center. He knew that he needed a little bit of freedom. And basically, um, the story was, you know, when you have a, a horse, a wild horse, you let him run. And that's kind of the mentality they had about Rodman. They weren't going to hold him down. Jackson, if he would have come across, say, like a guy like Tom Coughlin, where, you know, it's a militaristic as aspect where you say, hey, you're going to do it this way. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to do anything. Rodman would revolt and it would be a bad situation. But the way that Jackson masterfully handled Rodman, I thought was one of the keys to the Bulls winning so much because of the fact that they were on the same page. Now you look at, you know, the mustachioed uh, Jackson who was, uh, uh, you know, deep in the psychology and all of the things he went through and the 60s and the guy, you know, came from a different vantage point. And then you've got Rodman who grew up in an inner city. And these you couldn't be two polar opposites, but they came together. And that's the beauty of sports and the beauty of coaching. When you can take a player you may not have a lot in common with and you find common ground and you work together for the common good, Rodman, and Jackson would say this, that without him we don't win it. And they don't because Rodman was a difference maker in terms of rebounding. So all the credit in the world to Dennis Rodman. He didn't fool me. He may fool you out there watching or listening because of his antics. And I think that was a masterful aspect of Dennis Rodman. He wanted you to pay attention to the hair and the nails and the piercings and his antics, but don't pay attention to me on the floor when I'm getting 20 rebounds a night. See, that's what separated him was the talent that he had. Yeah, you can talk about it. The first thing you talk about Rodman is the hair and the nails. and all. You're missing it. You're missing it by a mile. Look beneath that. Yes, he had a lot of different aspects to him, but – when it came time to deliver, he delivered every single night. Outstanding performances. Same thing when you look at uh, Marshawn Lynch, a guy that many people say, you know, misunderstood. How can he coexist with Pete Carroll? He does the Skittles, and he has the long hair, and he's kind of wild and out there. But Marshawn Lynch, another guy that came in and gave you his very best. And uh, sometimes guys are misunderstood because you don't know because you don't relate sometimes to them on a personal level in terms of you have different views and different ways, 
That's part of coaching folks. And that's what made Phil Jackson masterful. He took a group of guys that were all different in their own ways, but brought them together. And they won because of the fact that he got them to put aside all of their differences and find what made them unique to the total outcome of the team, which was winning. So that's why I respect Phil Jackson. No matter where he went, he was always able to get the most out of his players, no matter what the player, uh, who the player was or what their background was or where they came from. He was able to find things about each one. And you saw that with Phil Jackson talking about it, where he was on an Indian reservation and he got uh, some things in his office and Dennis Rodman had something similar. And they said, Hey, you know, I was part of this tribe and I got to meet this tribe and they had some common ground there. And so Rodman left with an understanding that me and Phil have a lot of common aspects together. So that was part of the mastery of Jackson getting down to the surface and finding out what we have in common, not what separates us. And that's part of the genius of Phil Jackson and the results speak for themselves. Just an absolute uh, mesmerizing mesmerizing documentary called The Last Dance on ESPN. It's at 9 o'clock on Sunday nights. You have to tune in, folks, if you want to find out more about what made the Bulls the Bulls. Uh, this really tells the story. And so many people have texted me saying, hey, you know, Jordan, really, I didn't know he was that tough or, you know, he definitely was out there in terms of yelling at his guys and a different side of Jordan than we see on the professional side and all the commercials. You know, Jordan, at the core, we talked about it, is the will to win that separated him from everybody else that ever played the game. And he wasn't going to allow anyone uh, to get in his way. If you practice at a lower level or didn't give your best in a ball game, he was going to chew you out and demand excellence. And, you know, six rings later, you can't argue with the results. So Michael Jordan, uh, being a taskmaster, being a guy that was tough on teammates at times, and a lot of people felt like, hey, if you disappointed Michael, you know, you're going to hear about it. And they did. But the results speak for themselves. So uh, great series. You have to watch it. And um, something that we talked about in terms of, uh, in the first segment with uh, Cole Thompson, our NFL insider. The only thing I disagree with Cole, getting back to the Joe Burrow situation, there is now a new Tiger King. And those of you that watch the Tiger King uh, show, uh, which is bizarre, but there is a new Tiger King in Cincinnati. It is Joe Burrow. I feel and have felt since last year we shattered every college record there was that Joe Burrow is on the path to stardom. And he's a guy that you have to look at and say, you know, what is the upside? What are the issues? I mean, this guy worked so hard to get the opportunity. Uh, he left Ohio State, then he goes to Louisiana, LSU, and does such an amazing job. But you have to remember, this kid's 23 years of age. He's ready. Um, he passed for over 5,600 yards and 60 touchdowns when this final season. Can you, can you even think about that for a minute in terms of performance? So you look at Joe Burrow, wins the Heisman. Uh, national championship quarterback. Listen to the awards. When you look at uh, Joe Burrow, not only the 2019 champion, I was on this kid from pretty much week two all the way through, and I said there's something special about this guy. A lot of Brady-esque type qualities to Joe Burrow. Uh, uh, of course, the national champion, Heisman Trophy winner, Maxwell Award winner, Walter Camp Award winner, Johnny Unitas Golden Award uh, as well, Davey O'Brien Award, Manning Award, Lombardi Award, Unanimous All-American. I mean, just an amazing, amazing season that he had last year. And every time somebody said, well, you know, he's going to falter, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. Folks, think about this for one second. Joe Burrow in 2019 had a quarterback rating of 202. 202. You can't, you can't make this up. 
his percentage on passing was 76.3%. 76.3%. 5,671 yards. And the stat that is just mind-blowing. 60 touchdowns against six interceptions. That's beyond next level. There's nobody you can compare it to and say, oh, yeah, he reminds me of so-and-so. The numbers are incredible. He leaves LSU with over almost 9,000 yards total passing. You're looking at a guy, 78 touchdowns against 11 interceptions for his entire career, Joe Burrow. So when I say he's the Tiger King, I believe he's going to lead this franchise when they get some pieces around him. They now have some folks are bringing in there to try to package around him. T. Higgins, of course, I think is going to be a big addition for him. Give him somebody to throw to. A.J. Green, they've got some pieces. They're getting better and better. Now, am I saying if you're in Cincinnati listening to the show that get ready for the Super Bowl next year? No, I'm not saying that. I am saying that this team is going to start that trajectory. And uh, their head coach, if he doesn't get this thing right quickly, he won't be there. They're going to get somebody in there to work with Burrow. But they think they've got the right guy there now. But Burrow, I think, immediately will have an immediate impact on this team. Now, does that mean they're a playoff team year one? I didn't say that either. But I guarantee you'll start seeing them go up and up and be competitive in most every ballgame as long as they keep Burrow healthy, which is the key at every position, but mostly at quarterback. So you have to keep Burrow upright. But the potential there, I think, over any Heisman Trophy winner of recent memory, Burrow is the guy you really look to and you say, man, if he lives up to any of the things that he did in college at the next level, it'll be incredible. Of course, he lost uh, Joe Brady, his offensive coordinator. You have to wonder at Cincinnati how that's going to translate and what they're going to do there to help him out. But if you get the pieces around the guy, he is a proven winner. Going to take a timeout, come back. Uh, we've got about 15 minutes left in the show. Going to close it out. We can take your phone calls as well. 804-327-0888 is the number. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hi, this is Ryan Mitchell, former Washington Redskin, and you're listening to the Sports King on Sports 1061. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid. Because now is an opportunity to do something heroic. We realize that this is the time to organize a blood drive, help our elderly neighbors with groceries, and assist local nonprofits. And that's exactly what CMA's Colonial Honda is doing. In fact, we set up a helpline to assist people in our community in any way that we can. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, you can reach our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Again, our CMA helpline is 434-220-8885. And of course, if you're in need of any automotive help, we are taking extra precautions to keep our dealership clean. To learn more, visit cmascolonialhonda.com. We applaud you for helping one another during this time. You have inspired us to do the same. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. 
Let's get back to the guy who said where there's a will, there's a relative. Oh, you're listening to Sports King right here on Sports 1061. Welcome back, everyone. Sports King, final minutes of the show, and we thank you for joining us wherever you are around the world and around the country. Thank you so much. We want to thank uh, Cole Thompson at Mr. Cole Thompson. You can follow him, NFL Insider, for the Sports King show. Had our draft winners and losers. We talked about that and much, much more uh, in hour number one. I want to let you know before we get off the air here in our final minutes at tomorrow's show, two guests lined up for tomorrow. We've got... Uh, Formerly from the Blind Side movie, Tom Lemming will rejoin us. He's going to talk about the fact that he's coming out with his magazine of the top players in all of high school football. Uh, we'll talk about that with Tom and I spent some time with him last night discussing uh, some of the things he's been doing lately. And of course, he is great friends with Jim Caviezel, the actor that starred in The Passion of the Christ and also. Um, other great uh, person of interest. He's been in a lot of shows and has done a great job. That Passion of the Christ movie uh, was absolutely stunning from an acting standpoint. And Jim Caviezel, great friend with Tom Lemming, who will be our guest tomorrow on the Sports King Show in hour number one. In hour number two tomorrow, we'll be joined by George Gregory. George Gregory is the pastor for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's going to join us and uh, spread some messages of hope and love and uh, talk about how he's dealing with professional athletes at the NFL level with the Chargers, and he helps other teams as well, and talks about what he's doing in terms of a spiritual side to help the athletes get through uh, the COVID-19 virus that everybody is dealing with from a worldwide perspective. So Tom Lemming, Hour 1, George Gregory, Hour 2, tomorrow on the Sports King Show. Don't forget, in the morning, Big Al starts it all off here, the Richmond legend, uh, the sports legend he is, he starts off the show at 8, p- at 8, 8 a.m. And uh, it's 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. live, Big Al on Sports Phone. I follow Big Al at 10 to noon, and immediately following me, it's the legendary Jim Rome from Los Angeles in the jungle. That is the lineup, of course, Tiki and Tierney, and a whole host of other uh, great performers here on Sports 106.1. So we want to let you know, Ben Maitland, my outstanding producer, uh, gave me some information that the NCAA uh, through CBS sports has taken a big step towards allowing names and images of likenesses as well uh, of NCAA athletes to now they can receive compensation for their images. Now this is really a game changer and this is how the athletes could be paid uh, third party endorsements, such as promoting a product or service on television, radio or advertisements. They can make money that way. Social media influencing, such as modeling or promoting a product or service in exchange for samples or compensation through Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, etc. Uh, they can also promote their own work, uh, product, or business activities, including a digital content uh, like a podcast, YouTube, video, streaming, etc. Um, they can also promote things like autograph signings, meet and greets, things like that. And listen to this. Ben mentioned this to me. There will be no cap whatsoever on endorsement earnings for athletes in college. I guess they finally figure as much money as they are pumping into the universities that now the athlete finally in 2020 deserves a piece of the pie. The only sad part is, will we see football in 2020? So they finally get it right, but uh, right now we don't know if they're going to play or not. We certainly hope and pray they will. 
Key restrictions to this rule, the athletes or third parties cannot use intellectual property, logos, trademarks from their university or conferences in the endorsement. So can't use their jerseys, things like that. Schools or conferences cannot make endorsement payments themselves. Uh, that's a big no-no. School or conferences cannot facilitate or help athletes locate or arrange endorsements. So if you think that somebody at the school is going to try to set up a car dealership, we can go sign autographs, can't do it. Now, if you call the car dealership, you can go do it. And uh, schools cannot use or allow boosters to use endorsements as a means of paying for enrollment or participation in athletics. In order to institute this, the NCAA aims to protect itself, its membership institutions, and athletes themselves. As such, it's also created a number of guardians and recommended regulations of these activities. Um, so there's a ton of those. You can look at that on CBS Sports. But it's interesting that now the players of 2020 are able to go out and capitalize and make some money. This is long overdue. Let's be honest. Uh, you look at the compensation like uh, – you, you take the money that the University of Georgia is making, Alabama is making, these hundreds of millions of dollars is being paid to these coaches. The kids deserve an opportunity to make some money because it makes no sense why a young guy, a sophomore, junior that is a, a featured performer that people are paying big money to go see can't even you know do an autograph signing and make a few hundred dollars to help him where you can order a pizza or something. So I just think it's it's right. It's the right time to do this. It's long overdue because you want to make sure that athletes don't have to go outside the means. And you have some athletes that may have to go out and try to sell drugs or do something untawdry that they don't want to do, but they're forced to because they can make quick money. And then if they get in trouble with the law, you wonder why that's happening. You say, oh, man, he shouldn't have done that. Well, did you have anything for him? Did you at least say, this opportunity is out there for you to try to make a little money so you can make it easier for you to get through. So right now, the NCAA is in position where they are allowing compensation for likenesses and images and so forth. It's a big step forward for the NCAA. It's long overdue. I am definitely for this, and I can see the athletes out there, a lot of them have uh, tens of thousands of followers, these star players, so now they can potentially make a little money off of that to where they can help ease the burden on the financial side. Many of them, of course, are on scholarship, but the fact that they can have some money for be it clothes or food or uh, maybe taking their buddies out to a movie when the movies reopen, all these things. Um, so it's a definite step in the right direction for the NCAA. I'll so, jump in real quick, uh, Jamie. I was just going to say the rules on this are expected to be written by you know October 31st of later this year with a vote on those occurring no later than January 31st of next year. So this wouldn't take effect until the 2021, 2021 and 2022 athletic season. Just wanted to throw that out there too. Okay, so not in 2020. It'll be 2021, 2022. So thank you, Ben, for clearing that up. But at least it's uh, with this season being kind of in doubt, we're wondering what's going to happen. Hopefully season comes up and is played. Um, we are all hoping and praying for that. But, Ben, thank you for that because they are moving in the right direction. At least athletes have something to look forward to in terms of working on their individual brand. Of course, as it said, the – institution can't do it for them but if a player has a gumption to go out and do their own promotion and set up their own appearances and if you're a quarterback throwing for thousands of yards and you're beloved and you contact the local dealership and do a an autograph signing or uh, maybe go somewhere a sub shop and do something there and you're compensated you're able to keep the money without having to worry about uh, any reprisal or anything happening against you or your family or losing your scholarship 
So finally, the NCAA gets one major deal right. That's going to wrap it up, uh, of course, from outstanding producer Ben Maitland and Sports King Jamie King, reminding you tomorrow it's going to be Hour 1, Tom Lemming, the nation's foremost expert in high school football recruiting. He's our Hour 1 guest. Hour 2, George Gregory, the pastor for the Los Angeles Chargers, going to spread some love and give us some information on how the players are dealing with this coronavirus that we are all dealing with daily. Folks, remind you, please give if you can, call the Red Cross, donate blood if you can, donate paper products if you can to your neighbors, look in for your neighbors, uh, look in on them, and of course, if you can donate food to anybody in the neighborhood or anywhere out there, please do as well. Uh, Be kind to one another, love one another, and remember, one day closer than we were yesterday, we're going to get there. For Ben Maitland, I'm Jamie King. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the Sports King Show.